This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We're going to take a break from beating our head against the brick wall, talking about the Panthers' offensive ineptitude, and talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference as we head into Week 11 in the college football season with Florida State still in the top four of the college football playoff and a big rivalry game for them and a North Carolina Duke game. But I'm not going to start there with Roddy Jones of ESPN and ABC. I'm going to start at NC State. How, first of all, how are you, Mr. Jones? I am fantastic, Adam. I hope you're well as well. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing very well. By the way, your uh, your yellow jackets are uh, are kind of okay. Yeah, they're playing well. They're uh, you know it's funny at the beginning of the year, I thought this team would be a work in progress on offense and have a really solid defensive unit. It turns out they are fantastic on offense and the defense is uh, pretty <laughs> terrible. So, what? so it's kind of exactly the opposite of what I anticipated, but. I mean, legitimately, this team is playing the best offense in the ACC over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Florida State didn't play particularly well. I guess you could make an argument for North Carolina being in that mix. But, like, yeah. those are the three. Those are the three offenses that are really humming in the ACC. Um, and it's a testament to Brent Key. It's a testament to yep. the offensive coordinator, Buster Faulkner. And Haynes King has been phenomenal this year. I, I'm I, Look, the ACC Player of the Year conversation is probably going to come down to Jordan Travis or Drake May. Jordan Travis is probably going to win it because he's the quarterback. Of right. the team and he's got good numbers. But, like, Haynes King's been the quarterback that's done the most with the least this season, so he should definitely be in the conversation. Yeah, and they have uh, Sneaky on the low, uh, maybe the best uniform combination uh, in the entire league. I love the, uh, the like, the old gold uh, jerseys you know, with the white helmets. Do you? Yeah. You um, don't? The gold doesn't match, and it's a thing with Georgia Tech people. It has been for years. Like, we got to have a consistent gold. I dig it. Never find it. I know. It's it's fine. Uh, It's okay to disagree about about something like that. Roddy Jones is joining us. Let me get to MJ Morris in NC State. You've been in locker rooms, and I know you haven't been in this one, but the dynamic between the players and, you know, the rest of the team and MJ, given his decision to put the red shirt back on for the last three games. Um, is that is that the most important thing, and is that relationship maybe irreparable? I'll answer the last part first because I think it's probably the easier answer. I, I don't think it's irreparable only because if you decide, hey, I'm going to come back and, and I'm going to be really good, um, then all things are forgiven. Like, if you come back and help us win – that that'll definitely be forgiven. It'll be, you know, there'll be some people that are rankled and that team has had strong leadership um, really for the last, uh, what's it? 20, you know, seven years, yeah. 2018. Um, they've had really strong leadership from, from older statesmen, elder statesmen too. Like it has been a, it's been an older, um, older uh, 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 led program. And, and so like MJ Morris being the quarterback is sort of thrust into a leadership position, but he's going to have to earn that, that, uh, that trust back from some of the older guys on that team next year. Um, in terms of the most important thing this year, look, I, I would be, you know, there's MJ Morris deciding to put the red shirt back on. doesn't mean they can't win the rest of their games. This is a team, right. like, look at what the offensive performance has been with MJ Morris since he took the red shirt off. It hasn't been good. No. Casey Concepcion's been the entire offense. So, so let's be real. Like, as long as Brendan Armstrong doesn't turn the ball over, he probably gives them more than MJ Morris did 
because they, he will do the things that they were bringing him in to do anyway, which is quarterback run stuff and, and stuff like that. So, so the turnovers are really the bigger issue. And, and can you throw a simple pass to Casey Concepcion? Like if you can do those two things, then you will be just as good, if not better than MJ Morris. The thing is for the future, I don't know why you would put the red shirt back on unless you are either a anticipating spending five years at NC state, which very few college students sit down and think, you know what? I think I'm going to spend five years here. My right. red shirt senior year will be the best year of my career. So let me put the red shirt back on. <laughs> Typically that thing is uh, th- these types of discussions are pushed by the quote adults in the room, uh, friends or family. Yes. Uh, and in this case, you know, it's to make you more valuable in the transfer market. So, so I don't know, um, I know his dad's come out and said he plans on being at NC State. Plans change once money is thrown at you. So we'll see if he's there. The thing I would caution him is that transfer quarterbacks this year, um, if you go back and look at the, the transfer quarterbacks of the last couple seasons, it's been a mixed bag. And, um, you know, I don't know that MJ Morris has played well enough, consistently enough, where we could assume, uh, or, or really well enough overall, right. where we could assume that wherever he goes, he will be a uh, he'll be a starter and, and a good addition. Yeah, it's funny. At the beginning of the year, everybody was uh, the the Sam Hartman bandwagon was full, and we not that Sam Hartman isn't a good quarterback. I think Sam Hartman is, but he's not now what he was thought to be back at the beginning of the season. I remember watching the game against Navy in. Uh, Ireland, and they had basically put uh, Sam on the Wheaties box, and yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's funny because we, we've seen Sam Hartman. We had seen Sam Hartman for five years before that, and, and it turns out in his sixth year, he's the same guy he was in the first five. You know, it, so we we sort of expected him to grow in a way that I don't know if it's fair to expect a guy to grow just because of the system. We had seen enough of Sam Hartman in the straight drop-back passing game, the traditional you know, five-step drop, three-step drop passing game, to know that there were inconsistencies mm-hmm. there. We had seen enough of him at, 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 uh, at Wake Forest to know that there were turnover issues there. And what's happened this year? There have been inconsistencies in the pocket, especially when the pocket gets a little muddy on them, and there's been turnovers. And turnovers that have come in bunches. And turnovers that have come in so many bunches that, against, uh, that, that in the last game – um, where they're playing against uh, against uh, uh, who did they play last? I'm, I'm dropping. Oh, I don't know either. Well, right, yeah. Clemson, he <laughs> right. throws a pick six early in the game, and Marcus Freeman comes out after and says, "Well, you know, those interceptions spook you a little bit." And everybody's like, "How can you get spooked by one interception?" Uh, he 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 saw the six turnover game against Louisville last year. He saw the game right. against Louisville this year, where he turned the ball over a ton. So, so yeah, as a coach, you're starting to think, all right, you know, this is let us prevent that from happening again. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to pick on Sam Hartman, but, but sometimes when you see these guys for five years throw 100 touchdown passes in college, they end up being the same guy no matter where they go. Right, and the mesh, you know, the mesh point offense that they ran, that RPO stuff that they ran at Wake Forest maybe was just great for Sam because he could do so many things and he's really smart. Roddy Jones is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. I want to get to a couple of other things uh, before we have to say goodbye. And you have, uh, you have Tulsa and Tulane uh, coming up this weekend. I'm sorry you're not doing uh, FSU Miami because uh, that, to me, as, a, as somebody, as a young guy growing up watching college football, this was the game of the year every year. Florida State and Miami was always like noon, usually the fifth week of the season. Now, I mean, they're just putting it wherever now because Miami hasn't necessarily been worthy, or nor Florida State until maybe this year, worthy of the rivalry. Um, 
but it's a big deal for the Seminoles because they have to keep winning. Because do you get the sense that the ACC still does not get any respect at all? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, so I, it's a, it's a, it's a good question and uh, I'm going to answer it in sort of a backhanded way. Um, I, I think the ACC gets respect. I think the ACC doesn't help itself earn respect. So like, I mean, this season, the ACC had five teams ranked at one point. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and at different times, it's been a myriad of teams. Miami's been ranked. Obviously, North Carolina bounced out and bounced back in. Duke's obviously been ranked. Florida State, Clemson started the season ranked. So, so like the ACC earned respect in the pre in the in the in the uh, non conference. Right. The thing is, when you get in the conference, like you you there are certain games you just can't lose. Virginia is the best two win team in the country. I stand by that. I will go to bat with them mm-hmm. against any two win team in the country. But Carolina can't lose that game. Like right. I, I don't care about the rivalry. I, I don't care about like you can't lose to a win Virginia team. And, and so you have to earn the respect from that standpoint. So so I think the ACC is probably getting the proper amount of respect at this point. Like, you can come to me with, with, hey, Boston College should be getting considerations. No, they shouldn't. No, I would not do that. They lost Northern <laughs> Illinois at the beginning of the season. And then, like, who else are you going to put up there? Clemson's got four losses, and while I think right. they're better than a four-loss team, like, four-loss teams don't get ranked. Sorry, that's just how yeah. it rolls. So so I think I think the ACC gets the proper amount of respect um, right now and, and really kind of has all year. Is Florida State the fourth-best team in the country, or uh, is their, does their resume just put them there? I I am on the side of Florida State's probably not the fourth best team in the country. Um, I think their resume likely gets them there, and their uh, their their unit statistics have held up or do hold up with the other teams um, up there. Uh, now they don't have a truly elite unit, like they don't have a top five unit on either side of the football, the offensive efficiency, they're number nine in the country, defensive efficiency, they're number 10 in the country. Um, it's not like a Washington, which has got the number four offense in the country. And then their defense is in the forties, right. Georgia or Michigan, Michigan's number one in defensive efficiency, two in offensive, Georgia's six and 22, you know, Ohio state's got the number three defense in the country. So they don't have an elite unit when you're talking about that air of college football, which means they're probably not one of the four best teams. They may be the most balanced of the teams other than Michigan in the top six, although I would argue Oregon is probably up there as well because they do have an elite offense and a really good defense in the top 15. Um, But I think if you were to ask me, you know, would Texas or Florida State win if they played a game? I'd say it's probably a toss-up. I'd lean – I'd probably lean Florida State, but if you went with that with, you know, Florida State and Alabama, despite the fact that Alabama lost to Texas, at this point the way that Alabama's playing – um, I think Alabama probably wins that game, and not to mention Washington and Oregon, and and, uh, and then you know we can get a little bit, you know, we can have that conversation with Penn State and and and, uh, and Ole Miss. So I think they're probably the eighth best team in the country, maybe seven. Okay, um, 
But all that matters is that you're better than that. You you keep that zero so that we right. don't have to have that conversation with the one loss teams. If they uh, if they win out, it, it doesn't make, doesn't even make a difference. They'll have the right to get squashed by Georgia uh, or or Michigan. Right? Hey, look, you you, you, have, you have that right, and maybe. Uh, Florida State will steal Michigan single signals uh, and win that yeah, game. So, so let me take you right there as we close our conversation on this. Um, what do you think should happen at Michigan? Yeah, it's super interesting because, uh, you know, I heard Greg McElroy was very outspoken on Get Up about not wanting to punish the players. And, and you know, the, I, I while I agree with not wanting to punish the players, um, in theory, the only thing that makes what happened not worth it is to take away postseason opportunities. Um, you could make Jim, you can make uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, forfeit all the college football playoff money. You can make Jim Harbaugh pay any sort of fine. You can make Michigan pay whatever fine. You can suspend um, Harbaugh after this year. Like you can do a lot of things, and none of them uh, would have made this not worth it. Like right. if you asked fan bases, would you pay a ten million dollar fine or coaches? Would you pay a ten million dollar fine for a national championship? I would say all of them would say yes, because boosters are going to front that. Like right. you're going to get money from other people to, to front that, uh, you know, schools have that money. Like they would rather than national championship. And so while I don't want to hurt the players, the only way to make this thing the way it needs to is to, is to hurt the players is to, to forbid them right. from playing in the big 10 championship game, which would then all but preclude them from playing in the college football playoffs. So, so that's what I would lobby for. It would be terrible for the players uh, who, whose opportunities are limited. It would be terrible for that special team. But punishments are not to make fee- people feel bad. Um, it, it's not to make the individual, like it's not to make Jim Harbaugh feel like, oh, I've done something wrong. I need to, I, I am being punished. <laughs> That's part of it. Part of it's also a deterrent to right. other people from doing it. And if you just find them like $5 million, man, I am sending every scout in the world to every school in the world to go and steal their signs because $5 million for a national championship is worth it. Is you you and I are on the absolute same page here because I always say that if you want to stop behavior, then the punishment must go as far as possible to preventing the right. behavior. <laughs> and there is nothing that the first of all, I don't believe they might suspend Jim Harbaugh for a couple of games, but I doubt they're going to suspend him for the the Ohio State game, and I doubt they're going to do anything to take Michigan out of postseason play. Because money, the the most important thing is money to all of these leagues. And if it wasn't, Southern Cal wouldn't be entering the Big Ten. Stanford, yeah. Cal, and SMU wouldn't be in the ACC. And all the stuff that we've seen over the last 5 to 10 to 15 years wouldn't be happening because the only thing that matters is money. Uh, and so, they're not taking their best, their, their best team, theoretically, out of the postseason mix. They're just not going to do it. So, so what I, I, the, the thing that does help the Big Ten if they do decide to go this route – is like Ohio State's basically a shoe in if you then if you rule Michigan out, so they still get in the college football playoff, in my opinion. Are they going to play that game? Uh, yeah. What do you mean? The, uh, the Ohio if, State Michigan? If they're going to play Ohio State Michigan, and Michigan has been ruled out of the playoff, and Michigan wins that game, Ohio State still loses it. So, but I, I think Ohio State still gets in the college football playoff. I mean that that's it's the best loss in the country at that point. Right. Um, losing to the number one number two team in the country, they run rough shot over everybody else. There'll be an argument, but they still have a win over Notre Dame earlier in the season. Sure. So I still think their resume is good enough to get them in, and uh, as a Big Ten champion, so so I think the Big Ten probably gets in no matter what. So uh, just just to play just to play this out, 
Michigan undefeated but in- ineligible beats Ohio State. You've got Washington undefeated. Probably won't happen because they're, they're, their schedule's so backloaded, but maybe. Washington undefeated. Um, Georgia undefeated. Florida State undefeated. Uh, okay, we, we would not have an undefeated team. So the Big 12 yeah. would get left out and one loss, Ohio State, not playing in the conference championship game would go. Uh, that, that that would be my guess. Okay. I think if, if Michigan is ineligible, then you only have four undefeated teams that are eligible. Right. If, if Ohio State were to lose, and there's only three undefeated, so there's one more spot, I think Ohio State gets that last spot. Look, they're the number one team in the country right now. Right. So so I, I don't think losing to the number three team is, knocks you out of the top four. I look forward to all of this. Texas going 12-1 and one with the win at Alabama might complicate matters, but... Uh, you make a good case. Roddy Jones, I appreciate your time, man. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. Yeah, I appreciate you. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.